0: Cinebuds, Cinebuds, Two Buddies. buddies, talking, buddies about talking about
1: cinema. cinema. Welcome everybody. I am Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film and this is Cinebuds. This week on Cinebuds we're talking about music documentaries. We're here at 88.9, so what's more appropriate than that? And once again, delightfully, you're welcome, everybody, in Milwaukee. (laughs) I am joined by Dory Zori of 89. Yay!
0: Happy to be back here. I'm glad I passed the test after the first
1: week. Yeah, we didn't dump you after one. (laughs) Uh, No, this is really fun. As I mentioned last time, I've known Dory for a long time, Mm -hmm. but we've never been able to do a thing together.
0: No, and and to be truthful, when you and Justin Barney started Cinnabuds, I was like, but I'm your... Regular life, <laughs> yeah, bud. But you know, know what? You had the great host. He's got a, a big <laughs> pair of shoes to fill. But um, talking about music docs, man, I could do this for hours. I'm
1: good because so rein me in. As you know, I am limited in my music knowledge. So we're <laughs> going to talk about that too. But we, to start off, before we get into the meat of the podcast, we're each going to talk about one particular music doc that we like, and then we're going to talk about a ton more. All right. Do you want to go first?
0: I would love to go first. Thank you. Um, It's a 2019 documentary series called Shangri-La that I can't stop thinking about, k Polly, because not only was it shot beautifully, but it was about um, music producer Rick Rubin, who I first knew um, back in the 80s when he started working with the Beastie Boys. Yeah. But then has really gone on to work with all genres of music, metal, hip-hop, rock, electronic. And he owns the studio in L.A. that he named Shangri-La. Oh,
1: that's what the, okay. Because I was like, that so sounds familiar, but I couldn't remember him.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful. Um, I can't remember how many episodes were in the set, and it doesn't really matter. But it's by Academy Award and Emmy Award winning director Morgan Neville, which I think is important to mention because yeah. it looks beautiful. You know, you can do a documentary about a dude who's worked with so many musicians, but you don't have to make it look as beautiful yeah. as they did. And it's beautiful because Shangri-La studios in itself are minimalistic and sparse on purpose. It's this really beautiful, calm space Rick Rubin has made for artists to come in because he wants people to feel comfortable, but he doesn't want them to have distractions while they're going through their creative process. Yeah, And so how it was shot kind of reflected like, you could almost feel how it, calming it is to walk into this place because of the shots that they were taking of it and the moments that they took to like show birds outside the window. And I know that might sound yeah, cheesy right. right now, but you know what I'm no, talking yeah. about. You like it's really add those pretty.
1: Elements for people to get. That's lovely. Did
0: you get a chance to watch? any of it by any chance? No, I've
1: never seen it. I've heard of it, but not seen it. And Rick Rubin, I just like looking at that, his person, because he's such a great physical presence.
0: He is. (laughs) You know, I feel like you guys could be in somewhat the same family because of facial hair, although his is wild.
1: And he, now he is balding, but, fights it care. by having really long hair in the back. Rick Rubin so if don't I care. would be brave enough, I could be Rick Rubin I yeah, think. Yeah,
0: you could. That would be a good Halloween costume. <laughs> You're welcome. I
1: am always looking for a Halloween costume that fits my particular vibe oh my. and that would be good.
0: Do you like walking around without your shoes
1: on? Of Who doesn't?
0: Because he is also <laughs> barefooted in just about every scene in this space. And the other cool thing, when he listens back to people's tapes and reels and what they've been working on, he's got this whole room decked out obviously with the best stereo sound equipment but he's got like these like loungy things that he lays on and he just kind of lays back and listens to people laying down their tracks not full songs but just parts of tracks and what a wonderful way to experience music in your most relaxed state
1: he does seem to be living his best life Mm -hmm. just lounging shoes off Comb your hair. Not today, sir. No, oh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to listen to music from the best artists of my generation.
0: Yeah.
1: That sounds good. Morgan Neville, you can always count on him. He did 20 Feet from Stardom, which <gasps> is a film that I was going to mention too. Stop. Which is like uh, talking about all the, you know, quote unquote, back, backup singers, mm-hmm. but their their voices are unbelievable. Darlene Love, he pr- profiles in that. And then it, that movie also won Academy Award, I believe, Best Documentary. I'm pretty sure feel free to fact check me.
0: I saw it at the film festival a yeah. couple of years ago and it blew my socks off.
1: Yeah. It's excellent. That was going to be my choice. So that's actually perfect.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk about a ton more of these movies and we're going to talk about our love of uh, music in general. And then we're going to have a little get to know you with Dory Zori, a little special edition. So please stick around. We'll be back right after this.
0: Don't stress about that car you don't need. Embrace the lazy days of summer by donating it to Radio Milwaukee. We accept many kinds of vehicle donations, including cars, trucks, motorcycles, and even RVs. Pickup is free, and you could get a tax deduction. Donate your vehicle now, and then kick back and enjoy the great music and stories you help to support. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars to start your donation today.
1: Okay, we're back and talking about... Music documentaries with Dory Zori. Hey, hi, hi. We were just talking about Shangri La, the mm-hmm. series, yeah. and Twenty Feet from Stardom, both by Morgan Neville. Wow, those are those are big guns to start with. Those
0: are. They're beautiful to look at. You learn something about artists that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. Especially your doc that you picked. That was actually in contention for me because. Yeah. If anyone goes to a concert, right, it's hard not to look at the lead singer, but when you have a full band, there's so many session musicians and backup singers, That are really legends in their own right, and that's what your documentary is all about, shining a light on those women mostly. Yeah, that are the voices behind the voices everyone knows.
1: You know what's interesting too? When I was watching it, I always wonder. Like sometimes I'll see a singer that I like or don't like. What it doesn't matter, and then I hear their backup singers. They'll do their part, and then occasionally I'm like, well, that backup singer clearly has a. I mean. it's subjective. I understand that, (laughs) but the backup singer has an incredibly powerful voice of her own. Why is she not in the front? Why are they not in the front? And why is this person who I, on occasion, like, yeah, I'm not that into it. I don't get the appeal. But I the background singer I'm, or the backup singer I'm really interested in.
0: Yeah. And from that documentary, I learned a couple things. I learned that some of those backup singers really do deserve their own yeah, career. Yeah, right. And I think there were one or two that were like, this is what I like doing. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, I like being here. I don't like being in charge. I don't like being everyone's boss. But oh, they get to live point, their dream actually. about singing and being part of a bigger project by touring and getting all these experiences. And that's the neat thing about the 20 Feet from Stardom is some of these singers went on tour with artists that you don't think necessarily that would be their jam, but what a great way to expand their vocal horizons and their oh, experience yeah. traveling different parts of the world with bands that you might not yeah. expect them to be think with. about
1: that. It's kind of like a bit less pressure. Mm-hmm. You're not the, in the spotlight, but you still get to participate in music. Yeah. The first time I had that thought was, this is maybe a weird reference, but there was a moment, uh, when I was about fourteen, when I was just listening, you know, bubblegum pop, whatever I was exposed to on radio, and then uh, bad radio, not this radio,
0: <laughs> Missouri
1: radio, please. I was going to say, yeah, it's Missouri radio. Nobody cares about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my cousin's family, who had better taste than me, they listened to David Bowie. They were listening to stuff that mm-hmm. I hadn't heard yet. And I got two presents for my fourteenth birthday. One was a, a, a single. Yes. First of all, of Kylie Minogue's. The Locomotion. Oh. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's what I want because there's a pretty lady on the cover yeah. and I'm 13 so or 14, so Tracks. that's what I want. But then I got a Pink Floyd <laughs> cassette and I was blown away. At the time, Pink Floyd was unbelievable to me in my little stupid brain. But there's a song called The Great Gig in the Sky, which is all instrumental except for the backup singers who did these unbelievable high reaching vocals. And that was like the big crescendo of the song was just music, music. And then the background singers just going for it, not even singing lyrics, just like notes. And I loved that. Like that was like, Oh yeah. Who are these guys? I want to listen to that over and over again.
0: And with your single, you had to pull out the teeny tiny writing yeah. on the cassette I had to, find to find out who out. it
1: was. I had to unfold the liner notes before interwebs. Big different time, different time for everybody. <laughs>
0: Kids today don't understand. They can just Google who the background singers are.
1: <laughs> I know. Another one I watched, and I watched a while back, is a Nas' "Time Is Illmatic."
0: I have not watched that yet.
1: It was really good. So this was a period where I years ago. I had no interest in hip hop. I had like a minimal interest a uh, kind of background. It's like, yeah, some of it's fine. And then I, um, worked on this book. It was like a book of drawings where I made up rappers. Uh, and I drew <laughs> pictures of rappers that I imagined. And then I thought, well, I should do this. Well, I should get into, it. I should do some research and start listening to some stuff. And I really, I got magazines, I got books and I was like digging into stuff beyond what I heard on the radio. And then, so I discovered people like Nas and I discovered um, um, Jay Electronica and Kendrick before, I, before it was very popular. Not to, mm-hmm. not to say that I was on the cutting edge of hip hop at any point in my life, but I'm just saying I read about it, it before it was like, now it's like, yeah, he's one of the, one of the heavy hitters. Anyway, uh, that, this was like me, this was after that, me trying to keep up. Because Mm -hmm. I realized it just the world I was in, I was not, unless I made a concerted effort to like go seek out these artists, I wasn't finding them. It was also before I was that familiar with 889 and before Hyphen, before a lot of great stuff that I do have access to now. Um, But yeah, this was, I'm like, oh, I've heard of Nas.
0: What is is the coolest thing that you learned about Nas or hip hop from watching that doc?
1: It was just, uh, I think I didn't realize... Because I only had a periphery knowledge of Nas. So this was a great story just of like, this is how he was brought up. This is what he did in his life. And this is how seminal this album was. I didn't realize, even when I was doing actual research, I hadn't come across Illmatic. And this was talking a lot about the buildup to recording his debut, like full length. Album and how what a big effect that had on people, Mm. and so then I listened to it with new ears after watching the documentary. It was really refreshing.
0: I love that. So my other choice would be kind of the opposite of that. It doesn't go into a lot of back history. Um, Beyonce's Homecoming is what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: that makes. I saw that in the list. I'm like, yeah, obviously.
0: It's a live concert film that was shot. Um, leading up to her ginormous show a couple of years ago at Coachella. And I know that this is a common theme in my life. I yeah. talk about Coachella, but really <laughs> I've seen some life-changing, beautiful performances there. And so to watch what she put into putting on this performance at two weekends of Coachella, like you don't have to go that big. You don't have to be that different. You can still have some cool lights, put on a good show. Her catalog is wonderful, but yeah. for her to pull together everyone she did for that show um, between the marching bands and the dancers oh, yeah. and the stage set with the risers and all the cool things that she did this documentary Homecoming is as close as you can get to experiencing the joy the pure joy that her show was without <laughs> actually being in the audience
1: you got to see uh, Beyonce live.
0: Dude, okay, so I watched <laughs> the first, I go Weekend 2, I know. I go Weekend 2, so I watch Weekend 1 on yeah. the stream just to get an idea of what I'm in store for. I'm not, yeah. like, I don't read the ends of books, but I'm not, <laughs> I like watching Weekend 1 performances, Yeah, which I'm glad I did because Weekend 2, Um, it, this was pre-COVID, but I had a fever so bad that I actually had to leave the show halfway through oh, oh no. and probably should have been in the hospital, but I'm like, Coachella. <gasps> oh so i missed half of it, half of it was like a fever dream. half of it I missed. Um, but the part that I was there for was incredible. And I was walking out of the crowd as my sister Jody was like holding me so I didn't fall down. and I'm like, but I don't want to leave. like and that's a really big deal
1: that's impressive mm-hmm. or you, stupid. You fought a fever to see that makes it's the least sense, I though. can do
0: for everything <laughs> Beyonce put into that show. and you can see what she did if you watch homecoming.
1: That is perfect. Mm -hmm. All right, listen, we're going to do something a little quick right now. We're going to do a section called get to know Dory Zory movie edition. This is really going to be fun because we did this with Sarah too. And what I would like to do is we know about all the music that you like, Mm -hmm. but we don't know about the movies that you like. I have a feeling I know a little bit because of our uh, shared eighties love, Mm -hmm. but I want to ask you a few movie questions. And no pressure. Okay. So we'll start with, what's the movie you've seen the most in the movie theater?
0: Ooh. The movie I've seen most in the movie theater, I'm going to say probably thanks to Milwaukee Record bringing back old movies. Yeah. Um, Could be Better Off Dead. Oh, really? Yeah. I saw it a bunch when it first came out.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome.
0: And then uh, Milwaukee Record showed it once or twice and I was there watching it too so ooh I guess th- that's the first thing that came to mind It's probably oh, that's true that's pretty
1: good yeah. that's a good one what about you? oh me? Um, I was talking about this with some coworkers today there's a couple I think uh, for sure the winner is Hedwig and the Angry Inch mm. I love that movie and when it came out me and a couple friends were obsessed and I saw it at least five times then and then we showed it as a member screening once uh, in December because the rep was putting it on so we had a couple of the stars of it from the rep come over to our member screening before we showed the film and they played a song on stage before showing the film which was one of the proudest things I've ever done in Milwaukee Film making that happen Um, and then so I got to see it again in the Oriental Theater which any time I get to see a movie there it's it's almost like seeing it for
0: the first time again. I know yeah
1: so that was delightful. So I've seen it and we had two screenings of it. So I watched both. And so I think I've seen that seven times. There's also a movie that no one likes but me called Across the Universe, which is, uh, it's like a story of a bunch of characters in the 60s done to, and the musical aspect of it. They're both musicals coincidentally. Hmm. Um, I'm not a, particularly a musical no. fan, but these particular ones, it's all Beatles songs Attached to the story of the 60s, but sung by different artists in the film. Mm. And I kind of love it when people do covers of Beatles songs. I love the Beatles, Mm -hmm. but I love hearing different versions of it. I don't think it was a super well received movie, but for some reason I thought it was great. I think I saw it four times in the theater. They're like, Christopher, you're back. (laughs) Like, why are you? No one else wants to see this movie as much as you. But yeah. And by like oh, yeah.
0: the the second, third time were you like singing out loud in the Here's theater? Here's the
1: problem is uh no, I was crying. I was crying so hard. There's a couple points in it where I would just fall to pieces during Let It Be, where they had this little boy sing it, and then there's all this strife going on, and then this woman starts singing because you realize the boy died in this in this situation. So she takes over and with this huge, huge voice, waterfalls. Interestingly. I was listening to it on a drive home and I put on the soundtrack and it came to Let It Be at the exact same point. I've done this two or three times in the car. Mm-hmm. Listen to the song. When Let It Be comes on at the exact same moment, my eyes, even if I prepare for it well with tears, I'm like conditioned at this point to just lose my mind. with Muscle that memory. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love that one. Enough about me. <laughs> this, this isn't Christopher <laughs> Pollard music movie edition. Um, my next question is, what is the weirdest movie you've ever seen?
0: Oh, my gosh. Now, this is going to be really hard to answer because um, during the beginning of the pandemic, um, my husband, his friends live all over the country. And we yeah. started in the beginning watching a crappy, mo- crappy movie night. Once oh, a week, yeah. we all we all get on a Zoom call. One person picks the movie. We put on the subtitles, turn down the sound, watch the movie while we're talking together. It's our own like Mystery Science Theater 3000 kind of situation there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um...
1: (sighs) And I know your husband. I know your husband's friends. So I also (laughs) know that that would probably be a very funny thing to listen to. It was
0: so good. So there's a lot of really good crappy movies like... um, Oh, God. like well, Xanadu was one of my picks, oh, yeah, right? That's yeah, like yeah. on the higher end of things. Yeah, But um, another one, like the worst movie I've ever seen is probably called Terror at Bloodfart Lake. <laughs> uh, done by a bunch of like friends in film school and the characters are so, I mean it's campy, it's cheesy, yeah. it, it's not good quality, but like you have punch. You're I know. telling me
1: Terror at Bloodfart Lake is not highly produced?
0: However, there is Terror at Blood Fart like 2 sure. that could have redeemed itself. I just haven't yeah. brought myself to watch it yet. <laughs> it's a tie between that and Eminem's Da Hip Hop Witch where he was just on tour with Snoop and I forgot what other um, artists were on tour and I think he was just filming stuff off a uh, crummy camera.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Um, be- behind the scenes stuff. A lot yeah. of shenanigans. And then they try to turn it into like a weird murder mystery movie. Oh, I see. Um, so I forgot if you said good, these are just the worst movies ever. For no, Steve.
1: I was just saying weird.
0: Oh, weird. Now
1: here's the thing is I identify weird very positively.
0: All right. You do a good weird <laughs> positive and then I'll think of a good weird. Okay, positive. I'll give
1: you time. There's a film. Um, oh, I don't want to get this wrong. I think it is a Korean film called R 100. And it, it stands for rated 100, meaning no one under a hundred should watch this movie, (laughs) which I think is really funny. It is very strangely a formatted movie too, but essentially it is about a man who misses his wife. It's very lonely. And he signs up for a service where different Mm dominatrixes, I believe is the plural will visit him unannounced in his life. And, humiliate him <laughs> in that each one has their own special way. This is a comedy. I should probably foreground with this is a comedy. And, uh, <laughs> he tries to get out of it, but it's kind of like the game, the movie, the game where like, once you sign a contract, you can't back out. So he's trying to, uh, cancel the contract because he realizes he misses, misses. It's actually kind of sweet because he misses his wife too much. Um, but it is very odd, but each of these wonderful women <laughs> have different ways and they have different titles. One's called the frog. And I don't even want to, Tell you about how that works, but I might
0: pick this for my it's next crappy movie.
1: Really, good. it's not crappy though. But it's genuinely very good. It's just so weird because as we've we've talked, we've done a few weird movies shows mm-hmm. on the in this podcast, and uh, they're my favorite weird movies. There are bad weird movies, obviously, but there's um, so many really wonderful weird ones.
0: So then the best weird movie I've seen recently, um, Everything, every, I'm going to say this wrong. Oh yeah,
1: Everything Everywhere all at once. That
0: movie that was is a weird movie. so weird and half the time I was just like smiling from ear to ear, like what is happening? Yeah, this is so great. I can't like this concept is cool and but I've never seen anyone do that yeah, yeah. before with like multiverses or whatever. Right. So weird, so cool. Probably my
1: favorite weird good. Movie. Yeah, that is a good choice, and that is I love that. Uh, such a successful film is also a weird movie yeah. because they don't get enough credit. No. All right, last question. Okay. A lot. You're gonna, I'm asked. This is a question you ask a lot of people, and it's very frustrating to answer because it seems like you have to hone in on the one. Okay. But don't worry about that. Okay. But instinctively, if I ask you what is your favorite movie, mm. do you have an answer? It might be different tomorrow. I realize we all think this.
0: You know, it's Stand By Me.
1: Is it? Oh, good. You it's, have a good, you have a solid answer. <laughs> it's
0: going to be Stand By Me. I, it's the movie I've probably watched the most throughout my life. Yeah. You had asked the first question most in the theater. This is probably the movie I've seen the most throughout my life, Stand oh, By Me. I yeah. uh, saw it in the theater when it first came out, uh, watched it all the time when it was on cable. I turned to it when I need to. When I'm feeling lonely, when I'm feeling happy, I watched it a bunch during the pandemic when I was losing it and just wanted that comfort, the comfort of the characters, the comfort of the story. And the cool thing about it is um, now that I'm older and I'm much older than the characters. So when I first saw it, I was younger than most of the characters. They all seemed much older to me, especially like the um, Kiefer Sutherland. Now I look at it, I'm like, oh, my God, these are all just kids and baby faces and I can watch it. With a different point of view. And I love it for different reasons than I did when I first watched it when I was younger. that's a
1: good one. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that in so long. Oh,
0: it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Yeah.
1: Because it also has, like, classic, funny, great lines Mm -hmm. that you remember, like, with the... Sick sick Balls is my favorite. Yeah, I remember, sick yeah, balls, yeah that's always or the Or the pie eating
0: contest. Yeah, lard ass. Oh, I ass, forgot lard about that. Or yeah. when they show it on TV, they, instead of saying lard ass, they just say lard, lard, lard,
1: lard. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible. And yet- Somehow artistically fun way to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to edit
0: and uh, <laughs> River, Phoenix. River Phoenix. River oh, Phoenix, yeah, God still bless. Loves has a big place in my heart.
1: Oh, understandable. Yeah, I forgot. Oh man, that's a, I, something I feel like I need to revisit. And we talked a lot about how during the pandemic people either one or two things comfort movies just rewatch stuff that made you that you cherish and or you know the people who are a little too productive for my taste mm-hmm. like no i'm going to take this time to discover new things <laughs> okay i'm glad you have that strength um we've been talking about music documentaries i want to throw out uh, just and we, you can do this too. Just I just want to list a couple other ones that I really like. Amy Amy. about Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Tragic, see. but also just amazing to see how talented she was. And um I can't, I mean I just a quick shameless plug for the Cultures and Community Fest coming up in September. Ooh, tell me more. Um Cultures and Communities Fest starts uh September 14th through the 18th. A wide variety of films, but it does include we're showing sign of the times. The Prince concert film, which is going to be amazing on the <sighs> mm-hmm. big screen. You get to watch Prince perform. Sign of the Times. Um, Daniel uh, The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Ooh,
0: Did you ever never saw that one? that one either. That's
1: fascinating. I mean, it's a bit about his artwork. It's a bit about his music and somebody who struggled. In a, It's a very touching and interesting uh, doc with some interesting music and interesting art. And then I, I was really um, – I really give Madonna's Truth or Dare –
0: <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do. That
1: hit me at a pinnacle time. I was, uh, oh, I'm sure it did. Living in Missouri. And, you know, I'm surrounded by conservatives, and I wasn't particularly very conservative, uh, conservative people, I should say. And I saw this, and this was genuinely my first exposure to like the LGBT life. Oh. Like to, to LGBT people, people yeah. who weren't ashamed mm-hmm. to like or scared because they're not surrounded. I had a good friend who grew up. He, was gay and he couldn't tell, he didn't tell anyone until high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very brave where we lived, you know, at that and at that time to say it. And I was so impressed, but this was like, Oh, like being exposed to that queer community through this, this movie was really, really uh, like impactful for yeah. me. Oh, I love
0: that.
1: So there's a lot of great films. I, last thing, 32 short films about Glenn Gould is a very strange and experimental uh, half fiction, half documentary, uh, about the pianist Glenn, Glenn Gould, the classical pianist, and he was a very eccentric fellow. Um, but there's it's thirty. It literally is thirty two short films. Some of them are reenactments. Some of them are documentary footage, and it's such an interesting uh, way to do a kind of like a biopic about somebody. Highly recommend people checking that out.
0: I love that. My final pick. Yes. Uh, the punk singer. Story about Kathleen Hanna. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Well, I say that's a good one because I I haven't seen it. I say it's a good one because it's one that I keep hearing about. And it's like one of those like, oh, I need to watch that.
0: Yeah. Not only does it talk about her early career and how she got into punk rock movement and feminist music, but also a lot about her struggles recently with being undiagnosed having Lyme disease and how it's messed her life up. Oh, wow. Really? Which also is a really important message, I think, to tell people. People, you know, I know a lot of people with chronic pain and illness that they don't know anything about. And after watching this documentary, I'm like, have you been tested for Lyme disease? Like (laughs) it's legit, like, um, great music, but also just like such a idol of mine being super honest and open about her struggles with her health. The last couple, well, actually really like the last decade.
1: Really? And she's married to
0: my favorite beastie boy. (gasps) Which one? Uh, Ad Rock. (laughs) He's in it a little bit too.
1: Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. Anymore? There's so many. I mean, they could go
0: on Muscle (sighs) Shoals.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was was a huge hit. We played that at the fest. People loved that one. Mm -hmm. There are so many good ones out there. I mean, a simple Google search, music documentaries, you're going to find hundreds. Uh, Can't say enough about Summer of Soul. We talked about that multiple times on this show. Uh, Questlove deservedly getting an Oscar wish it wasn't overshadowed by the unpleasantness but (laughs) but God bless (laughs) you leave it at that God bless you Questlove (laughs) Um, I think we're gonna and we're not gonna do what else you've been watching because I feel like this was I'm full. I'm full from this.
0: If you guys want some more of our picks, you can just message us. Uh, We uh, do not. I mean, seriously, you were kind of saying you don't know that much about music documentaries, but you just named off a bunch of great ones. (laughs) I've got a bunch. Any decade you want to know about, hit me up.
1: We're going to post, you know, we'll post about this episode on Instagram. Please hit us up there and ask questions i'll definitely post something finding out uh, to ask you guys what your favorite music documentaries are so we'll see you over there but that is it for today and we're uh, this was really really fun uh, we want to say to you all that Cinnabuds is produced by the one and only DJ Kenny Perez. Let's do the chant. Ken DJ Kenny, Kenny Perez. Perez. DJ I love Kenny that chant. Perez. We're going to get that going. And the Cinnabuds theme song is by Milwaukee musician Brett Newsky. Milwaukee sweetheart. Yeah, God bless you. We also get support from our members, both from Radio Milwaukee and Milwaukee Film. Thank
0: you so much for caring what we do I and know. listening to 28 minutes yeah. of our chat <laughs> Yeah,
1: you are the best. And please like, share, and subscribe our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and visit radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. You get our whole back catalog. That's a good way to spend an evening. And finally, follow us C- at CineBuds Podcast on Instagram, where we will be chatting away. But that has been it for music documentaries. Thank you, Dory Zori.
0: Thank you, Christopher Pollard.
1: <laughs> we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.
0: Bye bye. Bye.